so Cameron, you're in it. You're you're there. Tell us all about the true you. So the true me is a half-elf warlock named Nils that I just never knew was inside myself. And I think my kid is saying he needs to go poop. So that's the other true me is the one who has to take care of those situations. Yeah, you can go, Nish. Well, sure. He can, he can take care of this part by himself. He just needed that affirmation, I suppose. Uh-huh. But the real me is this. I mean, if I can be honest... Like, maybe the most handsome video game character I've ever created. Oh. Um, he's just, like, very sharp-looking. Little, little guy. Cool. He's kind of, like, char- charisma. Uh-huh. He's got the Riz. W Riz. Um, I usually... Because I fall into a couple of um, patterns whenever I'm doing a character creator. Um, those patterns are facial hair and extravagant face tattoos that I later regret. And so I kind of toned it down on this one in a way that I really like. He has just this single black line that runs down his neck. It's always there. And for makeup option, he just has like two little black dots under his eyelids. Um, And just it's like this is this very subtle kind of marking that I really appreciate. Um, He's a half elf, so he's pretty fair otherwise. Slightly pointy ears, but just like beautiful sort of flowing honey blonde hair mm-hmm. and just ripped as you know as the day is long yes and love- he'll take your pants off and if that doesn't work he'll blast the crap out of you with eldritch blast he's got that face energy uh-huh yeah um th- what is truly inside me is a uh, is a halfling uh a female halfling druid named emery um she's now the character i've played the most by far wow. um and my whole kind of idea with her was like what if i made samwise gamgee's wife uh but like as a teenager who could transform mm-hmm. into a bear i mean that's an important question to ask yourself um so she's like very she's a very kind halfling mm-hmm um, but definitely play her as kind of a mother bear. Um, but she, I tried to make her look as much like a like a like a f- teenager. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a halfling can. Right. Yeah. Nils is like very. Um, he's all about knowledge and like knowing things and learning things. And if there's something magical, he's gonna want to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem with that is, is I'm rocking with a Starian in my party right now. And um, Lazel, and they're just both like, "Why are we wasting our time? Mm-hmm. Like, we got it. We got things to do. Like, why are you talking to these people and trying to solve their problems?" And I'm over here like, "I'm in a video game, um, and also it's like there's things to learn over here, and that's what I'm all about." Although Baldur's Gate three, it'll always let you just say like, "Screw it." But why would I want to? I mean, I don't know. Um, I've now solved the goblins druids tieflings thing uh-huh. um about three different ways mm-hmm. um and it's always very exciting yeah i'm um, i'm i'm not sure how i'm gonna go about it this time well and there's even more ways than you think because i just did it a fourth way well uh-huh. i mean it's got to be more than just like you pick one side and they win mm-hmm. you know you gotta there's probably there's probably a way you can work it out where everybody wins. Uh, I don't know about that. Sure, there's got to be. 
And then you got your probably the tieflings and druids. You can reconcile them. You can obviously join with the goblins and just raise everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of ways. But I, I just solved the druid tiefling conflict a fourth way uh-huh. um, recently um, that I don't think most people are going to find. Okay. Um, and it was really compelling. Nice. Um, it. I don't know how you would get put on the path to doing it. It's not specifically for a druid character. Uh-huh. Um, but the knowledge to start on the path to solving it that way was because was like more present because I was a druid. That makes sense. You just have a connection to it. I wonder I've not played it. I mean obviously I've not played a tiefling character, but I wonder if you were a tiefling. If you would be presented with some other options too. Yeah, and that's kind of been my problem with this game is I keep thinking like what if I'm this? What if I'm this? Um, you know, all I, I'm really telling myself right now is I want to go and get Carlac mm-hmm. and have her be my main um, attacker, like physical attacker. Mm-hmm. I see that. And it's a good choice. Um, and then maybe the druid, the druid guy. You know, at, at, at least at the points that I've made it to in the game, you cannot use the druid as a as a party member. As a party member. Well, something to think about. I don't know if that's a thing or not. Um, he hangs out at my camp. Uh-huh. Um, I don't want you to be disappointed, like, oh, I'm going to get this druid later, and he's going to fight with me. Um, well, maybe I'll just make a druid. <laughs> yes. I'm. When I, I, I've many times thought, like, oh, I wonder what this, like, interaction's like if I'm a drow. So I make a drow. Or mm-hmm. I wonder what, like, one of the things that even now I'm tempted to do is... Uh, make a certain type of cleric that I think would play off of another character really interestingly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just like, it's so new, and I'm like, yeah. absolutely loving my character that was inside me all along. You're, yeah. I've had a half-elf warlock inside me all along. Um, but yes, uh, my my most recent character, Emery, um, who is now my most played character and um, is the best feeling one, was kind of one I just was like, you know, I've seen a lot of ways. I'm just going to find a character to play through it with. This is the one. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really, like I said, the way that I solved the tiefling, um, the tiefling uh, druid conflict uh-huh. that really just kind of spoke to me. Like, oh, I loved mm-hmm. um, that. That really just cemented, like, Emery is Emery's book. Nice. I'm glad to know that. I'm... Probably by the time the next episode of this rolls around, I'll be having someone new and different. Don't do it. Just stick with one. That's not Stay me. Right through their eyes. That's not me, though. I I don't want to. I don't want to um, poison you. Uh huh. I would struggle to play a half elf or a human in that game because mm-hmm. two of the origin characters are half elves and two of them are humans. Yes, but that doesn't bother me. Um. I'm just like, show some diversity. Come on. Yeah, why aren't there any, like, I don't know, are there any halfling? No, there's no short companions. That's dumb. I need to be a dwarf. I need to be a dwarf. Um, Yeah. That's it. I'm going to go make a dwarf right now. End of the episode. Goodbye, everyone. Paladin would be pretty cool. Um, I've been interested in an Oath of Vengeance Paladin for maybe, like, a more, a darker Mm -hmm. role, uh, uh, um, one 
Um, I've also been interested, and I have not done it and will not do it until I finish the game once, but I've also been interested uh, one time in a one-shot you and I played. Um, I created a Black Dragonborn um, necromancer Mm -hmm. who I gave the personality of a very happy-go-lucky youth minister. Yes, I remember that. It was all about, but his like... He was evil. So happy and excited about suffering and death. Uh-huh. Um, and I've thought this would be a good game to resurrect that character. Yeah, he needs to make a comeback. Um, and just like any any shot that he's got to bring suffering and death, he takes it. Because it's just kind of his religion. It's what he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a thing. Um, but yeah, Baldur's Gate 3, pretty good. Yeah, it's great. It's a buy. Sure. Kids in your lingo. No, like not vibe. I said it's a buy. Like you should buy it. Oh, I thought you said it was a buy. buy. No, it is also a vibe. You kids. (laughs) It's lit, fam. Yeah, it's it's kids don't say that anymore. It's got riz. I don't feel like they even say that the way that we say it. (laughs) Because we just you know we don't know. We're late adopters. Yeah, no, we'll never we'll never know. You know what? Didn't know when I was a kid. No. <laughs> I never know. I never know. you by the Screen Actors Guild and the Writers Guild of America. Maybe one last time? Maybe. I don't know. It's looking good. Uh, this is Boy Meets World Fever, and I'm one of your hosts, Chance. And I'm your other host, Cameron. Things are looking up. Yeah, things are looking up. The WWE At least on one front. They have a tentative deal. Um, uh, one thing I made sure to look up before we did this was that um, just because they have a tentative deal doesn't mean like the, the picket line is to be crossed. Mm-hmm. Um, they will set a date for when the picket line comes down. Um, that will probably be during the time of finalizing the contract. So, like, this isn't the time to, like, jump in and start helping the studios again. I never would. So, yeah. they know better um, than to ask me to do that sort of thing. Well, I, you know, I thought we might talk a little bit about our, our namesake, but we're still not going no. to do that. No, no. I mean, the Screen Actors stuff still is going on anyway. Yeah, it is expected, at least in the reports that I saw today, that they will reach a deal fairly quickly after the Writers Guild does. Well, let's hope so. Um, and, and that may not happen. I, I had heard some reports that they weren't nothing was going to be finalized until both had gotten a deal, but I could be wrong about that. Well, those... TV and movie producers need to get it together. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Um, we've talked a lot about it. Um, the power play. Um, mm-hmm. That's costing them more money than it would be for them to just... To just do it. To do it and do the right thing. Um, yeah. Uh, interestingly, um, my, my, at story time with my son tonight, we were reading a book um, called uh, It Fell From the Sky. Have you read this? 
I don't believe so. Uh, it's about a marble that falls in the sky from the sky into a garden. Uh-huh. None of the bug sentient bug creatures know what it is. So the spider claims it and builds a theme park to it. And there's long lines and everyone's loving it. So he keeps raising the price and lowering the time that they can spend and the quality until no one comes. And then he's just left sad, lonely, and forgotten. What a and lesson. I was, we've read this book probably 40 times. And for the first time, I was like, this is a book about the unsustainability of uh, unfettered capitalism. <laughs> It, you just got it. I feel like I got it in one. Well, like because I, I was describing it to you. Guys. I guess you condensed it. Yes, that's true. Um, we we read the first chapter of a Hank the Cow Dog book tonight. Oh, we've not. Really it didn't any- quite have the same themes, but a little bit because mm-hmm. Hank is talking about how he has fleas because the ranch, like the people who run the ranch, um, don't give him a new gunny sack to sleep in every six months, which would help him get rid of the fleas. Um, because they can sell them back to the co-op for a nickel, and so he's just like, if it comes to a nickel, you know, they're not gonna, they're not gonna pay that price, and so therefore I have fleas. Apparently, I don't know what Hank the cow dog. It's about a, he's a cow dog on a ranch. Okay. But he's head of ranch security. And there's a really good around 2020. Um, Matthew McConaughey and some other folks released a podcast. Those Hank the cow dog is like six episodes that are all like 20 minutes ish um but like telling a hank the cow dog story that you would probably love to listen with your son um my boys are really into it we listened to it on the way to school until you know we ran out of episodes okay Um, it was really fun i mean matthew mcconaughey was great in that role okay all right love it so yeah Um, there's that hank the cow dog absolutely love it um well i was gonna talk about baldur's gate three here because this was a check-in and I finally did it, but I already did. Um, I mean, it was. you can still talk about the game. We were talking more about who you are on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the game is really fun. Um, I felt really dumb because I texted you and was like, oh, I came across this place and you know, they couldn't open the door. And I don't know. I don't know what that was about. And you're like, you need to go back <laughs> and like use your brain for two seconds. And also, there's a lever right next to the door. See, I well, don't realize there's a button you could press that just shows the labels of everything you can interact with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did that, and then it just says lever. I'm like, okay, fine. I wasn't going to tell you about the lever, but you seemed like someday I'll go back. And I'm just like, no, you need to. This is pretty important. <laughs> like, there's an important thing that you're missing. And. Like what? You're, what's holding you up shouldn't be holding you up. Mm-hmm. Of all the things to give you trouble, it should be the sarcophagus puzzle, not the lever right next to the door. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, that that fight in the in the like chapel uh-huh. um, with the sarcophagus is like one of my least favorite fights to hear about. Uh-huh. Because um, when you go online, everyone's like, did you know Did you can run through this and steal all the weapons off the corpses before they come up? I did that because I didn't know they were going to be corpses. Yeah. But then yeah. they just hit me with Ray of Frost a bunch of times. And That's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't matter. You're stealing daggers and quarterstaffs. Like garbage equipment. They're all so far away that I basically just sniped them all with bows and arrows and my Eldritch Blast before anyone even got close. Yeah, but so everyone online... Everyone online was like, oh, I'm so clever. We took all the weapons away. 
And then I really thought about it for two seconds. I'm like, the one warrior one is the only one that that matters with. So everyone else has a staff, which clues you in on the fact that they are probably magic users. Yeah, and they just silence and ray of frost the whole time. But um, I beat them. I wasn't expecting that fight. I was expecting the one before that because um, I fell on them the first time and they killed me really good. That happened to me my first time too. I was like, ooh, this says it's a cracked floor. There's a heavy thing up above it. I'm going to make it fall through. How good. And then I did. And then I went through the hole. And then it was like, you're in combat. Like, oh, crap. Yeah. Yeah. And I was I, in this tiny room and they were all outside the room and just shooting inside. My first time doing that, um, my very first playthrough uh, doing that whole like spiel, I didn't even know the guys outside the, the chapel would fight me. Like uh-huh. I just kind of intimidated them and they left. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I was just walking around. And if you walk too close to that hole, you can also just fall through it. Um, didn't know it was a hole. Just went on a walk, fell through. All of a sudden, I'm being attacked on all sides. I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> this is a rude awakening. Um, yeah, because I, I just made those like, people leave. I was like, hey, yeah. there's monsters over there. And they're like, oh, what? Oh, we're out. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they must be here for what I just came from. Not even thinking that they have anything to do with the chapel. Um, so I just cracked that hole in and then died. Mm-hmm. But then when I went back, I like went to the door. And the guy was like, what's going on? And I'm like, old Bozo over here stepped in a trap. We need some bandages. And he's like, well, okay, well, come on in. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, a few of my characters were too, like, not mouthy enough to get, get him to let him in. So... One of my playthroughs, I just broke down the door and came in after him. But, like, him and the whole team being set up is so much harder to fight Mm -hmm. than, like, fighting him, killing him, then taking out the girl in the hallway, and then going into the last room. Yeah, my problem was the girl in the hallway dashed away, and I was, like, not set up. Like, I, you know, it was one of my first big fights, and I feel like I made some mistakes. Like, I tried to go through the door, but instead I closed the door. And then used my action to open the door. Um, it's a bad choice. You know, just, some, just some mistakes. And sometimes, you know, I'll hit that triangle button on PlayStation, which ends your turn when I really meant to hit the button to bring up my action wheel. Yeah. It's like, crap. Yeah, I've done that several times. I actually just did that in a fight with a bunch of spiders. I put Will right in the middle of everyone, and I was like, and now I'm going to use my tendrils to hit everyone around him. Ha, ha, ha. Enter. Oh, it was fun in that fight with the um, before you get withers, where I was able to turn undead with Shadowheart, mm-hmm. which was very satisfying. Yeah, I normally don't get to do it there because they're never close enough. Uh huh. Well, they were like kind of two grouped up, and I made her go over there because I was like, I want to do this. I want to see what happens. Yeah. That's and they good. turned. That was it. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's another area with undead that I've gotten to do that, but yeah, but it's, it's fun. It's a fun. It's really fun. I played it Saturday because I downloaded it on Saturday and it took forever to download because it was my birthday when I got it. Um, and it just took hours and hours. Then it finally did. And I put the boys to bed after we got back from my birthday dinner. And it was like my wife went to bed. Um, and it was like 10 o'clock. And I'm like, it's time. I'm going to do it. I'm probably not going to be up for very long. And then it's suddenly like 1 o'clock. Mm. I'm like, I feel wide awake. But I should go to bed. Um and so I did, but then all night I just dreamed about it. You had the Tetris effect. I had the Tetris effect after just a couple of hours. And then yesterday afternoon, I played some more. 
And it was kind of the same thing where sleeping last night, I was like dreaming it. So I haven't played it at all today because I was back at work and, you know, my life is very busy. That you see the Tetris effect only ever happens to me when the game is like super colorful for some reason. Mm-hmm. Oh, it just has to be something that I'm really into. Yeah, the game that has always given me the biggest Tetris effect um, was Tetris? Splatoon. Oh, Splatoon. That makes um, sense. The colorfulness just always. Uh huh. I don't know why, but yeah, I only get the Tetris effect when when it's really colorful. Interesting. Um, we also started this thing last week because we felt like our kids were playing like on their iPads too much, but they can only do it on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But then part of that is that means when I get home, I can't either. Why <laughs> so can't, I can't you? Well, cause they'll lead an uprising. The two of them data <laughs> like, gets to, that's not fair. Yeah. Like, and the whole point is, you know, like family togetherness and crap like that. So, yeah, we've done stuff like that too. And it's kind of like, we always want them to know that like, Hey, just the rules are different for mom and chance than they are for you. But at the same time, like we just don't want to aggravate the situation either. <laughs> uh-huh. And it's a good thing. And I mean, life is so busy. That's like, there's not time anyway. So, but then they go to bed and then, then it's, then it's time, but not tonight, obviously. Cause we're here. Yeah. Yes, we are. Yeah. I didn't have much time to do anything. Um, Anything gaming wise either, because uh, just because I work until seven and then and then here you are. But um, yeah, I don't think I have a lot of updates of other things that we've talked about in all of this time. Just because, mm-hmm. again, just very busy. I feel like I hardly have time to do just the normal things that I want to do, let alone try anything new. Hmm. Yes, but that's just well, the rhythms of life right now. Trying to think. I haven't really gotten into anything new either. Um, I've been thinking about going back to the Adventure Zone and trying their newest season. It's pretty fun. I didn't know you were still listening. I haven't. I listened through the summer and got all caught up. And so it's been since like maybe August. Justin is the DM this time, yes? Uh-huh. Yeah, he's just like totally unhinged in a way that's really delightful. Yeah, I mean, I it like has a real like I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me vibe. Yeah, um, that I really like. I, I bring that up because you were discussing actual play podcasts at one point. Um, mm-hmm. I've been on a real uh, um, a bim bam re listening kick lately. Uh-huh. Um, so you know, I've been thinking like, man, Adventures on a Bim Bam. This used to be my like cornerstone podcast. It really did. So, I mean, um. And my Bim Bam's still very funny. Yeah, they they still got it. They do. Uh, I sent you a text today that sh- I'm sure seemed like the most unhinged thing ever, but I caught up with the m- most recent arc of Friends at the Table. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just like, I don't feel like anybody does it like they do. Just the stories that they're able to tell and the way that they go about doing it. Um, and just like what they just pulled off was just like insane. It was like I basically, it was just basically set up where it's like in this mission, in this very real and tangible way, there's like this doom of Damocles hanging over our heads where if something goes wrong, the entire star system and surrounding 23 star systems will just explode. And it's the end of the end of the show. And like everything was there to where that's just like over them. Um, and they just go to try to resolve that problem. Um, and it, end, it ended. I finished it yesterday, today, 
I don't know, but it was just like, oh, oh my. Don't spoil it for our dear I listeners won't. now. I won't. It was very tense and very moving and sad. Oh, I'm sorry. It was a sad end. I can tell you about it later because I know you won't ever listen. So It's true. It's true. Maybe, you know, they're ending an arc. Maybe I'll try the next one. I've tried before. Well, it's not a, the season, just like a little four-episode arc within the greater season. Oh. Or maybe it didn't. End. I don't know. I'll not tell you. I, I kind of feel like it just did. Yeah. I know. I ruin everything. Um, yeah, so there's all of that. But now we get to our favorite segment, which is where we talk about new stuff. Yeah. Um, just real quick. Um, uh-huh. If you are like, hey, why aren't they talking about Common Rider? We got a whole new show for that. Mm-hmm. Join us over at Henshin Fever. Henshin um, Fever. And you'll hear all of our Common Rider talks and things. I have some updates to give of new stuff I've watched and, watched and seen. And oh, good. I've not watched a lot, but I will update. Yes. Well, you've got some time before we record, so. We do. Um, we do. But I'm also extremely busy because that's my life now, apparently. Um, and that's okay. Uh, you have lunch breaks. I know you do. Yeah, but I also have recess duty sometimes during those lunch breaks. Just tell them no. I should just have the kids watch it with me. Yes, you should. That's the best idea you've ever had. Just might change their lives. Just Uh, might. If they know what's good for them, it will. They don't. They don't. That's the lesson. That's the lesson of middle school. They don't know anything. Nor do I. No. People don't know anything. Um, yeah, so join us over there at Henshin World Fever. Not Henshin World Fever. Not Henshin World, just Henshin Fever. Henshin Fever. Um, my favorite part is opening and closing the show by saying, Henshin! Mm-hmm. So, Which means, um, that's the transform word. Yes. Well, it literally just means change or... So it's it's good. It's very appropriate to the show. It's such a cooler way of saying transform than we would. Mm-hmm. Transform. I don't know. It's morphin' time. is pretty cool. Well, yeah, but that's not like just our word for transform. No, transform is a dumb word. Yeah, I like I like morph a lot. Um, in the second, oh no, no, this is a, not a common writer podcast. No, nope. almost got nope. me. Get that out of here. Get that. I tricked you. This is I've been a cop this whole time, but like a podcast cop, which is like a cool cop. Uh, yeah, you you are a cool cop. There's no such thing. It that doesn't sound good. That sounds gritty. bad to say. It felt gritty on my tongue to say my it. My mouth tastes real bad. Uh, all cops are bad. Unless you're listening to this, you're not. You're not bad. You just. It's. It's a system thing. It's an institutional and, thing. It's an institutional thing, and you are willingly participating in it. Which I have some questions for you, but we all make choices in life, and your people aren't bad. People are people. Institutions are sometimes not great. Yes. Often not great. They're bad. Yeah. Institute like all institutions are bad. Well, no. I think institutions have a tendency to go bad. Yes. And they're harder to write the ship. Mm-hmm. If um, you will. But yeah, all cops are bad. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um except you. Except oh. me, because I'm not really one. I wasn't I wasn't talking about you, I was talking about Torres. Oh, dang. Okay, so who's bringing the first one this week? I don't Me, because you were the first one last time. Okay, yeah, that's I right. Think. I talked about... Uh, you talked about Disney Channel for a really long time. 
And it was good though. It. it was a good talk. <laughs> I was like, please tell me more. Um, so I've been debating for a while of what I'm going to be talking about. Cause again, mm -hmm. I just, I haven't really done anything super new. Um, but I think, and it's just like, I feel like I talk about video games so much. Uh -huh. um, but I think I'm going to do a video game again. Okay. Um, this is a newer one. I know you haven't played it. So it gets to kind of our core conceit of me trying to convince you to check something out. Okay. Um, um, and it's new. Um, it's good. What I've played so far is fun. Um, and it just seems to be getting better. But then I got Baldur's Gate 3. So I'll get back to it eventually. Yeah. Um, that is the game Sea of Stars. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Which is um, from, it's called Sabotage, is the name of the studio. Um, and it's just sort messenger. of this, yeah, they did The Messenger, which I not played. It's fun. Uh, but maybe I'll check it out. It's usually on sale for pretty cheap, I feel yeah, like. Um, but it's a turn based RPG in the vein of sort of Chrono Trigger. Mm -hmm. That's uh, the game played... to be making. Yes. So if you ever played um, Chrono Trigger, dear listener, um, it's kind of like that where you're, you have your party of three characters and you're sort of roaming around the world. And when you come across enemies, rather than going to a separate battle screen, you're sort of battling them in that space. And so their positioning is important. You have a character that can move them to be closer together. So you can use moves that hit multiple enemies to be able to hit them if they're close enough. Um, and there's like team moves that you can unlock as the game progresses. Um, but it's the story of these two characters who are the solstice warriors who are um, the solstice warriors are supposed to go and basically end. Um, I forget what they're called. I mean, there's the big bad guy called the Flashmancer, which I haven't encountered him at all, but that's a super cool name. Um, but there's like basically these like really bad monsters that the solstice warriors have the power to defeat, but only on during like a solar eclipse. Are they able to do that? Uh, so you're, these two kids that have become solstice warriors and you're going off so far to like defeat one of those. Um, and that's kind of where I am, but the combat is really fun. So it's like turn based, but any of your party can attack like at any time, like everyone gets one turn, but you can choose kind of where to put them in the order mm -hmm. every, every turn. And so an enemies just have a countdown clock for when they're going to attack. So you might be like, well, this enemy is weak against this element. So I'm going to have, this guy attack um, maybe with that element or just do a normal attack, which would unlock a magical attack that I can use with this other character to hit them in the weakness and maybe kill them before they can attack. Or sometimes there'll be these pictures of the different elements and weapon types and you need to hit them with all of those. And if you do, it cancels out their attack, which is usually like a bigger attack. Like maybe some enemies it's like, this is one that's going to hit everyone or this one's going to hit you three times or this one's going to heal all of the um, enemy party. And so you need to like be thinking out, how can I, if not stop this entirely, how can I weaken this the most so mm -hmm. that it's not an issue? Um, and it, it, yeah, the puzzle, like it's just every combat's just like kind of this little puzzle. Um, that's really fun. Uh, random aside mm -hmm. about on that. Um, one thing I just learned about Baldur's Gate 3. Um, <laughs> yeah, it really, is a random aside. No, no, it relates to what you just said. Um, that I think would be very helpful, and you probably don't know, but you might. I don't know. Um, if you have characters in in a, like a turn order before a bad guy, 
uh-huh. you can actually switch to any character you want. You don't have to do them in the turn order that they roll initiative in. Oh, really? Just as yeah. long as they're ones before? You can't be like, only the ones that are before? Yeah, yeah. So the ones say that are like, before the enemy. So if like a and Shadowheart both were there and then there's an enemy, like I could switch it where Shadowheart does like a buff on Asterian so that Asterian can do it, even though their turn order was flipped. Yeah. That makes sense because you can do that in D&D where you're like, I'm going to wait mm-hmm. and then take do something later and just yeah. sort of drop back in the action order when it is convenient for you to do so. Well, also because like normally I don't play dexter- dexterous characters. So mm-hmm. normally like if I like open a door and instantly start a combat, I'm like just kind of stuck in a door while everyone behind me needs to go. Um, often that's a good way to like, oh, switch to him, move my the way. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Um, so yeah, just a little aside for you. Because you, you can take that turns is related. That is related. Um, our sister podcast, The Besties, talked about this, which is where I'm sure you heard more about it. Yeah, um, well, I've, I've been following Two Stars for quite a while. I was yeah, I mean, they've been, it's been in development for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to the messenger, so. Yes, but it has one of my favorite characters of like this sort of style of game. And it's this it's goofy kid named Garl, who's like, they're really like, they're the two main characters, like their best friend who's not a Solstice Warrior. Um, and it's not really a spoiler because in all the pictures of him as an adult, he's missing an eye. Um, so the first thing that he does when they're kids is they try to go on an adventure and he get he gets stabbed in the face and loses his eye. Sure. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, this seems very serious. But then the rest of the time, he's just like, all right, guys, we can get it. I'm going to, I'm a warrior chef and I'm going to cook us up some food. And his weapon is a pot lid and he's just like a tank. Um, and I just love him. He can tank and heal other people. And he's the one who can maneuver enemies around. I love it. But he can just hit really hard. Um, mm-hmm. And he's, he's really cool. But it's it's fun. Um, apparently, there's a point where you get where the story kind of takes a twist um, and really hooks you in. But I haven't reached that yet. Um, but overall, like the world is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, the different powers that you unlock. Like eventually, you get a thing to do the classic like slide puzzles. So you get like a little thing that blows wind, but then I just got a grappling hook that's really fun to use because you can also use it to like hit enemies from across the screen and it pulls you to them and then you damage them a little and it initiates combat. Um, mm-hmm. And so it, it's really cool. And it, it sprays some magic orbs that you can use to power up your attack with magic, um, which is a fun system too. So yeah, yeah. It's, been, it's been a really fun time so far. But then Baldur's Gate 3, you know, came out for yeah. me, came into my life. It's a it's a once in a lifetime type thing. Um, yeah, I, I I've been interested in this game. Um, I'm probably more interested in Chained Echoes. Yes, that seems right up your alley. And I could also go into depth talking about that because that's probably one of my favorite games that I've played in like the last five ten years. Yeah, I I have a complicated history with Chrono Trigger. Um, I think it is often too um glamorized i guess um like i don't know i i grew up playing chrono trigger and then suddenly in my 20s everyone's like this is the greatest game of all time i'm like i'm just a pretty good rpg it is like almost impossible to like get a good ending without a guide because it's very complicated the middle of it's so random 
I, I don't um, think it's complicated. I'd say I, I've always thought random because like it doesn't like postmark mm-hmm. where any of the things you need to do to get a good ending are. Um, I guess it's just game design at that time. Yeah, yeah, but it's not even like a thing like you can explore. Like the things you do are just so random. Like the places you need to go. It's I have never worshipped that game like everybody else, and all the comparisons mm-hmm. to it. To it, like it's the next Chrono Trigger. I'm just like, okay, um, don't get me wrong. I should not hold that against it, and I'm sure it's great, and I want to play it. Um, mm-hmm. Just all the all the. I don't dislike Chrono Trigger. I've beaten it like three times in my life. Um, I just think that it's way overhyped. Yeah, I think what Sea of Stars is to Chrono Trigger, mm-hmm. Chained Echoes feels like it is that to Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, yeah, um, that is, I agree. Plus some of like, Z- I never played it, but like Xenogears, because there's like this mech side of it as well, which I just really love. It is true, but it's different. It's different than just like the Magitek armor. Um, But it's like super cool. And like there's even like there's a point in Chained Echoes where something happens and your party gets split up into three groups, just like in Final Fantasy VI. Um, And I'm just like, oh, we're doing a Final Fantasy VI. Um, And it kind of breaks out where the parties are even a little bit similar. Um, But the way that they handle like leveling, and getting new skills and everything in that game feels so good. Um, and it's just like super cool. The mech stuff is great. The fights, like combat feels really good. Because mm-hmm. it's all about, um, in that game, there's a gauge at the top. And as you do moves, it, there's like a, a little, um, there's like a green line and sort of in the upper, maybe half to three quarters and then red after that and sort of white. And so if, if the meter starts in the white. And as you use moves, it moves closer to the green. Um, and when you get to the green, all of your um, skills cost half, like half of the TP that they normally would cost and deal like 25% more damage. Um, but then You're if you... explain this very mechanically. <laughs> it's cool though, because if you... It is cool. too much, it pushes into the red and things get more expensive and deal less damage. And so, it, but then it'll say like, here's moves you can use that move it back. Like, so it's all about trying to stay in that green area, which forces you to use moves you might not normally use, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. That is, it, it sounds very cool. It's just like, I was listening, I was like, this is a very mechanical talk for a podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm a very mechanical person, apparently. No, it's great. I'm really not. But, and like, the art style's cool. The characters are all, like, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I did like everything in that game except for like a couple super bosses because I tried them and just couldn't couldn't do it. Um, now I don't want everyone to be like chances of being a hipster edge lord. He's taking a thing everyone loves and not like it. I yeah, like I like Chrono Trigger. I grew up with Chrono Trigger. I've beaten Chrono Trigger the right way, the wrong way, and a way in between. The um, middle way. Like I, this is a game I have always liked. I liked Final Fantasy VI more, or three at the time when I knew it. And then suddenly, like 15 years ago, I don't know what happened, but suddenly everyone's like, oh, Chrono Trigger? I'm like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, it's just never been a, it was never that big of a thing for me. Um, do like it. I love that people are talking about a JRPG. Um, I've just, 
I've never, I've never loved that one. Man, that's okay. Just a big fan of Frog. Yeah, Frog is cool. And um, oh, the Bulma girl. I forget her name. Not uh, the the mechanical one. Uh, I forget her name. Bulma. Bulma girl. That's her name. Her name, name is Bulma girl. Um, but yeah, it's been a long time. Um, I, and, I, and I'm interested in Sea of Stars because I can't judge it on its inspirations. Uh-huh. Um, I'll probably still fiddle around with it some because it's easy to just do a little bit and then do something else. Mm-hmm. And so I'll probably will do it sometimes. Yeah. I have it, it, it. I mean, if you have Game Pass or PlayStation Plus, like it's free on those. And so I have it on my PlayStation, which also makes it very hard because that's where Baldur's Gate is. <laughs> Yeah. So if I'm going to queue something up, it's probably going to be that. Um, if it was on my Switch, like I'd be all over that. But, you know, it's only 30 bucks. But I didn't want to pay 30 bucks if I could also have it just for free. Just for free. Yeah, I get that. Um, yeah, so I probably won't be checking that one out soon um, just because I am aware of it. Uh, but mm-hmm. Chain Echoes is on my list, and it's pretty high up there. Yeah, it should be. I should have talked about that instead because it rules. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it's the kind of indie jrpg influence one that i've mm-hmm. got my eye like mm, look at that over there yeah and the story's really good um chain decos very nice yeah what great pick though yeah it's a twofer a twofer chain decos and sea of stars which kind of are linked in weird ways like final fantasy 6 and chrono trigger are mm-hmm. i do feel like there's lots of connections that probably like the two monoliths of Super Nintendo JRPGs were six and Chrono Trigger. Uh-huh. Like I don't. Maybe Legend of Mana comes close, but not not really. Not like those two. And didn't they on PlayStation like release those two together? Uh, yeah. And, like I know they made like the Final Fantasy. Like they released one and two together, and I, I think, think they did. Yeah. I think they released six and Chrono Trigger on the same. Because I now that you mention it, I had a collection. Was it Final Fantasy Anthology? I think that's what it was. Something like that. Now that you mention it, that does sound like something I had at one point. Um, but I can't I can't put my finger on it. Um, but yeah. So, uh, that's a little bit of history of my life as a kid who's loved JRPGs. Like mm-hmm. I said, never knew the kid's cool lingo. I no. was, I was hanging out with Kane. JRPGs. I was too busy like, hanging out with Kane and Locke and... Saying things like Materia and Byraga. <laughs> Yes, yes, I was. Well, actually, back then, Cameron, the translation was still fire, fire two, fire three. That was only in seven, huh? No, that was in uh, those the first English translations of six. Oh, uh-huh. um, when it was three and one and two actually, because uh, those English translations were that were is interesting. good. <laughs> I I have a great fondness for it, but mm-hmm. it's fun. It's a fun time. Um, but yeah, good. So what do you bring into the table today? Um, mine is actually kind of video game adjacent. Um, I was going to bring it last week if I didn't bring Defunct Land. Um, I watched a Defunct Land episode about Carmen Sandiego. Very mm-hmm. cool. Um, did not know as, that was as big a franchise as it actually was. Me neither. Um, Don't go into it. No, I won't. You have to leave um, some mystery. But yeah, so I, I last week I was debating on Defunct Land or, or another thing. And uh, no, I'm going to bring the other thing this week because I've listened to even more episodes. Um, I have gotten very into, um, because of Baldur's Gate, actually, um, when I when Baldur's Gate first came out, 
none of my friends were playing it. And I'm sorry. Everyone online was like, oh, we'll just talk about this on our game of the year stuff. And I needed I needed a fix of people talking about Baldur's Gate. Uh-huh. Uh, so I started listening because um, they did three episodes on it to the Triple Click podcast. Oh, okay. Um, and I have grown quite fond of it. I've probably listened to, um, oh, probably 20-ish episodes but at this point. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, getting into new podcasts is really hard. Uh-huh. Don't we know it? Um, yeah. It's just, it's difficult to, there's a lot of lore, a lot of, like, uh, inside jokes. Um, but Triple Click was was fairly easy, honestly. Um, the way they talk about things is very um, newbie-friendly, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, Jason Schreier. Um, he's probably the famous one uh, mm-hmm. uh, of the of the hosts. Um, maybe infamous in some circles. Maybe infamous in some circles, but, you know, like, real good... Um, Real good journalism. Uh-huh. Never gonna, May never I just gonna say, this is, this is, I'm not trying to be mean, but you know, sometimes when you see a picture of someone, like you listen to a podcast and you picture them and then you see their picture and like, that's not what I imagine they look like at all. Uh-huh. Jason Schreier sounds exactly like he looks like he would sound like. <laughs> oh, really? I, you know what? I, I'm going to look up a picture of him right here on air. Um, I call him over on Twitter and then I knew him from that. Um, more than anything, and then I heard his voice from the some ads for Triple Click, and I was like, "That sounds just like how he looks like he would sound." Oh um, yeah, he actually, kind of looks like Griffin McElroy a little bit in certain ways. A little bit. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's pretty much what I'd expect a guy who, like, I mean, call it what you want. He is the premier video game journalist. Yeah, like no one, no one compares um, as far as like infamy and all that. Mm-hmm. No, um, right. And then Jason is joined by uh, Matty Myers and Kirk Hamilton, um, who I don't know as much about. I'll be honest. I think they were all Kotaku people. That that would make sense. But now they're not. I don't think any of them are. Um, well, the two guys, Kirk and Jason, seem to have had kind of a history of video game journalism. Uh-huh. Um, Matty does not seem to have. Um, she seems to have more of like actually. I'm, you know what? Right here on air, I'm looking her up. I want to say she did. Well, they, they've just said some things that made me think um, she might have a different different history with everybody. Um, she works at Polygon now. Oh, she has a history as a synth pop musician. Oh, I guess she is also a video game journalist. Um, I'm not sure exactly how that all shakes out. I'll have to do some more looking her up, but um, but they're all very likable. Um, I think they have like really good taste in video games. Um, uh-huh. our, our sister show, as we often say, best the besties. Um, sometimes I think some of their tastes are a little questionable, um, but I really think they have a great um, great taste in video games. Um, their their topics were really interesting to me, uh, like the the kind of Baldur's Gate trio or I a quart, quartet. Excuse me. Is like they did an episode on like what is role playing, and then the history of the Baldur's Gate franchise before three comes out, and then they did their actual episode on Baldur's Gate, and then they didn't want to play anything else for a next episode, so they did deeper into Baldur's Gate three. Baldur's Gate three too. Um, this time which, it's personal. 
<laughs> this time it's personal. Exactly. To Baldur 2 Gate. Um, they did two episodes around Baldur's Gate 2, which this is probably part of what hooked me because like my current hotness is Baldur's Gate 3, but the episode immediately before the Baldur's Gate Quartet and immediately after are both about uh, StarCraft 2, which was my, uh-huh. my, my old hotness. <laughs> um, yeah, I never got into that. You never did. I'm not an RTS guy. I just can't do it. I I think if you actually played the campaign of the StarCraft games, you could. Um, Because it's it's a very different experience than the competitive element. But that's Mm -hmm. possible. I'm thinking in general that genre of game. Mm -hmm. I just always had trouble getting into. Um, That being said, uh, I would not be surprised if at this point in my life, like... I'm trying to think. Of the games that I've played the most, I've probably put somewhere near 400 hours into all the Xenoblade games. Uh-huh. That's um, easy to do. So you played them all once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've put at least 150 hours into five iterations of uh, Monster Hunter. Uh-huh. Um, so that's probably that is probably my most played franchise of all time. Um, but matching it or maybe just under it is starcraft brood war um in the days even before battlenet um i played starcraft and starcraft brood war like crazy so i have a great fondness for that world Mm. um they did they did a really fair episode on final fantasy 16 that i liked a lot um it made me a little less down on the game even though they're not super high on it either (laughs) Mm -hmm. they're just a little bit more um like you said fair probably yeah, they're really fair to it. Um, I've always liked character action games like Devil May Cry uh-huh. and Bayonetta. Um, those have always been games I like, and they kind of painted it more in that light, which made me a little more interested, but not much. Uh-huh. Um, what I think is so in, not maybe not interesting, but it's curious with that game of Final Fantasy 16 is like the online discourse. And I mean, I'm only talking about Twitter, but it's like you can't say anything negative about it. Or you are just instantly labeled as a hater and just like you just need to get with the times. You have no idea what Final Fantasy is if you don't like 16, if you have any issues with it at all. Really? I didn't know. Like even even this last week at the Tokyo Game Show, they had a demo of um, Seven Rebirth. And someone got a chance to play it and they were like, this encapsulates more of what modern final fantasy needs to be it's still sort of actiony but it gets those elements right and the party right and it just really feels like what final fantasy should be in the way that the series should go and just the way that dude got ripped apart is so crazy but i mean online discourse in general is just garbage yeah and honestly as weird as it's gonna sound i don't know where online discourse is happening anymore. yeah you're just not a part of it well but like like i think everyone is in agreement that nazis rule twitter now so, like, that's not a place of true online discourse. Uh-huh. It's just on Garbo. Um, so, yeah, like, the only place that still has online discourse is a cesspool of, like, I, people used to refer to Twitter as a cesspool, and they did not know how beautiful it truly was <laughs> before Elon started paying people to be Nazis. <laughs> yes. Um, I can see that, though. Um, they definitely, like... Like, I've now heard a few podcasts about 16. Um, and I still want to love Final Fantasy. Uh, I haven't since 12. Um, but, like, so much of my life 
escaping into Final Fantasy was like my safe space. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a kid, I got told that told by a cousin that I would never be able to beat a Final Fantasy uh, because I was too young. And I was like, I will never beat Final Fantasy 3. And it was one of the first games I ever beat. And by that, you mean 6? Yes. Yes. 3 didn't exist over here yet. Well, 3, it was called 3, but it's... Actually, but the actual third one. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's actually one of the few Final Fantasy games I've never played. Um, I don't love it. I've heard a few podcasts about it, and... The appealing to this, like, kind of, um, what do you call it? Like, kind of dude bro, like, game of, game of, game of thrones, like, game of thrones is peak fantasy kind of dude bros. Uh-huh. Um, which I don't, I didn't like the first book. Um, I don't like the show. So I'm clearly not one of those. Um, this, like, kind of low, low mysticism type of fantasy mm-hmm. with high drama and like it's so mature because like bad things happen to people no matter what mm-hmm. and boobs but, yeah i just don't like i don't care you know it's weird because i'm i've been playing um devil may cry 5 which I probably shouldn't talk about because i might need it another week but you know devil may cry 5 is kind of in a lot of ways like what I feel like is the acceptable version of that, where like mm-hmm. it's just so ridiculous. Like everyone talks real serious and they have quippy one-liners, but like you also split a motorcycle into two chainsaw swords. Yeah, it's like it's it's doing that gritty, self-serious thing as yeah. a joke. Yeah, it's like as a joke. Like this is so so ridiculous, so over the top. Um. Yeah, and I'm just this whole like life is hard and people suck and that's maturity. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> that's, that's my favorite. Most people like to be nice. <laughs> like And also I don't wanna do something that's called a game. Like a game that is games are supposed to be fun at some level. <laughs> and like it be that, you know? Yeah, but this is not about Final Fantasy 16. No, we're not playing it. This is this about is the triple click triple click. Um, yeah, I just think they're delightful. They're easy to listen to. Um, I think they've got good insight. And you'd think Jason Schreier, like being the kind of whistleblower, kind of infamous journalist he is, uh-huh. um, you'd think that he'd be kind of pretentious. Um, but he's not. He really approaches like he really approaches the show as a fan of video games Uh and talks about what he loves about them and like what he'd like to see um, in some, in some really fun ways. Nice. Um, They don't have any ads. Um, That's cool. All their revenue um, through uh, max fund donations. Mm -hmm. Um, So they'll just remind you once like, Hey, if you want to donate to max Fund, like help us keep the show ad free. Uh Mm-hmm. Um, the only I mean, podcast that I ever listen to the ads is my brother, my brother and me. Yeah, right. Because they are they're all bespoke. Um, sometimes they're even funnier than the bits in the show. They can be. Yeah. Um, it's actually been really interesting because the main four podcasts I've been listening to um, are Triple Click, Mabim Bam, Pod Meets World, and um, Frosted Tips with Lance Lance Bass. Uh-huh. 
Um, there's like the four main ones, and like two of them are iHeart shows, and they have two and a half minutes of ads four times during the episode. Yikes. Um, and I, I almost can't stand it. And like, it's, it's, it's real. And are they like where it's like, um, not intended, it's not intentionally put in there. It's just the ads. And it's just like, here's the ads that we have. Like I was listening to community building. And one time I got the exact same ad through not, not three times throughout the episode, three times in a row. Oh no, it's always different luckily, but it's that same idea. And like, um, I, you know, you listen to one episode of Pod Meets World, and you'll probably hear three different Hyundai ads. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's a bummer. <laughs> it's a bummer, and it, like, I kind of hate that I listen to two iHeart Radio podcasts because, uh-huh. like, I kind of feel like they're kind of representing everything wrong with, with podcasts. Like, yeah, which way podcast is going? But then you've got my brother, my brother, and me, and Triple Click, which are like. One funny ad break in one of them, and absolutely no ad break in the other, mm-hmm. because they want to make this for you. Yeah, that's what I like about friends at the table is they don't do ads; they just have like a Patreon. Yeah, and you know, you know, I'm not against ads, but it, like for some reason, say you and I took off and we had a podcast that was big enough to put ads on, even if they were like, "Oh, let's slap eight on this puppy," I'd be like, "No, like two. <laughs> yeah. Or I wouldn't mind just reading them and doing them live. No, yeah, I think reading them and doing them live would be great. I'm just saying, like, I'm not gonna like ever like drench our audience in ads because uh-huh. that just feels gross. It does. It's like it's, I want to keep an audience. You know what I mean? I do appreciate it when podcasts will put music under the ads, so I can just hit forward thirty seconds mm-hmm. until I hear the music stop and hit it back fifteen seconds, and hopefully I'm I'm there. No, yeah, I, I do that as well. Um, but sometimes I'm working, I'm like, man, I do not want to hear Will Friedle talk about his Sandy shortbread cookies, watching Mash in his underwear, eating them anymore. My favorite thing to do, actually. I I really wish that that podcast was not as delightful. <laughs> you just want to hate it. I do. I really do. And, what, they brought, to, what they took from us. Well... That's, it's not even really that. It's just, you know. No, they did. The Hollywoodification of podcasts. Um, but um, it's a delight. They really are. They're great. Um, they're, the episode that came out the day we're recording this, um, they, they called it their halfway point, and they were drafting, seeing who could draft the best team of characters from the show um, since they're halfway through. And they're... They're two seasons and 11 episodes into a seven-season show, uh-huh. which I did the math. is 56 episodes out of 156. Who? <laughs> math isn't their strong suit. But, like, there's three they of them. They got a team of people. <laughs> there's three of them, and they are a very smart person, people, and they have three people that listen to their podcast, like, as they're doing it to, like, correct them or edit them or... <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and and then they have like a team uh, at iHeart. How did no one? What's yeah, going no one, on? Here? Nobody caught that. That's weird. I mean, halfway. What what I think happened is someone like we're halfway through season three. That's three and a half. It's like no, that's that's two that's and a two half. And a half. 
<laughs> That's probably exactly what happened. <laughs> it just sounded right to everybody. I don't know. But yeah, so it's still a good episode. Um, they talk about a lot of characters very fondly. Um, but yeah, it was it was str- it was bizarre to hear them talk about half and then be like, no, no. Hold on. Hold the phone. Cameron this and doesn't, I doesn't work. talked about halfway next season. Yeah, in season four. <laughs> I, right around then was B&B's B&B. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Is that the peak? Is that the peak? Is that where it all peaked? And then it's just been downhill? <laughs> Cameron, we can't talk about the show. <laughs> oh, right. I'm coming back across the line. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Please forgive me, Fran Drescher. Come on the show. Fran forgives. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. It's not. It's close, though. It's close. <laughs> Sorry. Another actual... time. Another time. Another time. The actual halfway point is kind of funny. You'll have to tell me later. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but triple click. We can yeah. check it out. This sure, has been a sure. sort of video video game extravaganza. Um, yeah, it, I, I really think... Now that you're playing Baldur's Gate 3, just try to give those three kind of Baldur's Gate episodes a, a listen. See if you like them. Okay. I'm also planning to get The Fellowship of the Ring read by Andy Serkis and listen to that. Ooh. So it might, might push a lot of things to the side for a little bit since I caught up on Friends at the Table. And so I feel like I can I can do that. I mean, I, I get that. I get that. Um, But I guess we're at the point where we would say things like, thanks for listening. Yeah. Really glad that you stuck with us through these dark times. Um, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, we joke, but there really is. And it's really exciting. It is very exciting. Um, people are going to get, you know, paid for their work in a fair way. Um, and that's really good. It's really cool. And we're here for that. Um, so if you, maybe you have some thoughts about other podcasts, other video games. Maybe you've played Chain Echoes and you're like, this really is the best thing. Maybe you played it and thought that it wasn't, which you didn't because you can't, because it is the best thing. So you can't have another thought. Um, yeah. it just, it's a fact. I'm sorry. It's a fact. Um, or, you know, any of the other stuff that we talked about. Maybe you're like, this is my Baldur's Gate 3 character. Maybe we can start that trending. We don't have that kind of pull. <laughs> and again, what would it trend on? I, that's true. Um, I don't think anyone's figured out how to make things trend on threads yet. Just in the world. <laughs> just in, in the greater world. Tell us your Baldur's Gate 3 character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> send, us a, send us a message about him and we'll, we'll introduce them to the world. Yeah. Yeah. Your elaborate backstory can't be too elaborate. No, I can. Oh, okay. You know, I Why just not? got vetoed. That's fine. <laughs> let, let people express themselves. Be elaborate. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, and you can do all that at bgworldfever at gmail.com or uh, threads and uh, Instagram, Instagram at bgworldfever. Um, yeah, we may. I don't know if we will come back with a regular episode next week or a strike episode. Yeah, we're um, just going to see what plays out. And if we did have a guest lined up yeah. for the next episode of Boy Meets World. So we're going to need to get some things squared away with him. Yeah, so, you know, just because the strike ends doesn't necessarily mean our strike episodes will end. I hope you've been enjoying this little foray. I I really have. It's given me excuses to try new things. Um, 
Yes. We started a whole new thing because of this. Yeah, we did. So, um, so yeah, I hope you, I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, I would expect at least one more of these. Um, but we're not, we're not saying one way or another. Uh-huh. We end it with 10 and, you know, just like final fantasy 10, it'll be the best one. Mm-hmm. So this would be final fantasy nine, which is also really good. Yeah. I nine and six. I like better than 10, but, but you know, to each their own. To each their own. And, and, and it's not a thing I want to fight you on because I adore 10. Yeah. I'm not going to fight you either because 9 and 6 are also great. What I've played of 6, I need to, you know. You need to, you, it's got to be on your new fancy PS5. Yeah, it's also on Switch. 6 is on Switch? Yeah, the Pixel Remasters, they're all on Switch. When did they put the Pixel Remasters on Switch? This year? I had no idea. Huh. Something to think about. That. Something to think about. Or, you can also just have them on Steam, so. What? I said, are the Pixel Remasters any good? I'm not have to look at Yeah, them. people like them. They're, yeah, people like them. Especially with 6, because they released like an uh, the iOS version. Yeah, the iOS version. It was like a computer version, and it was like, nobody liked it. No, it was crap. I couldn't... I modded the crap out of it on my, uh, on my old laptop, trying to get it to something that felt playable, um, and it just wasn't. Uh-huh. But they like the Pixel Remaster version. Okay, let's look into it. I didn't know that they were out on Switch. I thought they were only on PlayStation and phones or something. They came out on PlayStation when they came out on Switch. Really? That was at the same time. It was it was on iOS or like mobile and Steam. Mobile and, and Steam. released them on consoles this year. That's right. This has been a lot of Final Fantasy talk. It's been a while. It's true. We we just this this is our limit break episode. Apparently. Um but I think all that's really left to say right now is that that's all I've got. That's all I've got. So from all of us here at Boy Meets World Fever, so long, world. So long, world. Thank you.